Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. I'm going uh, again to talk to you about God's extras, and you can take your Bible and turn to Psalm 103, and we'll begin there. But You know, you get born again, you get saved, you receive what we call salvation, you come into the kingdom of God, and then Psalms 103 begins to tell you when you become a Christian, there are benefits that are there and are available to you. But many people do not partake of these benefits, and I shared with you, I didn't know about the benefits when I came to the Lord. I thought I had hell insurance and boy, that is good, isn't it? We don't want to go to hell, and that's for sure. But there's so much more to being a Christian than that, and I did not know it. And I remember time after time, I would just say that to the Lord, and even I remember saying it to my dad one night when we were just sitting on the sofa and just talking about spiritual things. And I remember looking at him and saying, you know, Dad, there's got to be more to being a Christian than what I understand and realize. And of course, he just looked at me kind of puzzled, uh, you know, and I don't know what this girl is thinking, you know. Because my dad was a very dedicated Christian, and that's for sure, and he loved the Lord. But, you know, I just didn't know a whole lot. And so because of that, I was robbed and stolen from. And there are many Christians that are being robbed and stolen from by the devil and by even well-meaning Christians that will, uh, will teach and say certain things that are contrary to what the Bible says. And so, you know, the Bible says, let God be true and what? Every man, if he disagrees with this, let him be the liar. But see, so many times what we do is we let God be the liar if he said that and let the men be true. But see, that's opposite of what God has said. And so when you can come to the point in your spiritual life where you say, God, if you said it, And I'm talking about rightly dividing the Word of God, not doing ridiculous things and pulling things out of their setting and and doing ridiculous things. But when you come to the point where you say, God, if you said it in this book, I may not understand it, but I believe it. I'm telling you, you're getting ready to get your socks blessed off. That's the truth. It really is the truth. When you come to that point, I remember when I began to read the Bible And I began to see about the miracles that were in this book. The first time I read the Bible, I began to see about the miracles. And I'm thinking, why are we not seeing miracles? Where I am? Why why do I not see miracles? In the church I'm in, why, why are we not seeing miracles? Then I began to see about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I began to see those things and I began to say, hey, that's not happening where I am. That's not happening in my life. But you know what? If God said it, let God be true. And everybody else, if they're trying to tell me that it's wrong, I'll believe what the Bible says rather than people. I I remember, you know, uh, we were in a Bible study with some people. And we were just finding out about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And honest to God, they were such, you know, Bible fundamental thumpers. You know what I'm talking about? But, but they just read over 
they'd just read over the miracles. They'd read over about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but we weren't. We were believing it. We didn't understand it and we didn't have it maybe, but we were headed toward it. And so I honestly believe that they would have ripped those pages out of their Bible before they would admit that they were the truth. I really believe that. And, and you know, that's when you're steeped in tradition. When you're steep, so steeped in tradition, you can see it in your Bible, but you can't really see it. You see it with your eyes, but you refuse to see it with your spirit. And see, God's not pleased with that. God is pleased when you see the Bible and you believe it. And see, some people, well, I see it in there, but I've never had it, so it must not be for me. No, we may not see, we may not be seeing those things, just like I wasn't seeing the gifts of the Holy Spirit in my life because I hadn't been filled with the Holy Spirit. I wasn't seeing it, but I saw it and I agreed with it. And guess what? I got it. And it'll be the same way with you. Just because it, you see it in the Word and it's not happening for you now, don't deny it. But say, that's for me, and I'll have it. And you know what? God will bring it to you. So there's a lot of benefits when you serve God. And I want us to just look at a few. It'll be just a very few here tonight. But I want us to look again at Psalms 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. I tell you what, we need to let blessing be coming out of our mouth instead of cursing. Well, you say, well, I don't use foul language, but you know you can curse and not use foul language when you are uh, contradicting or not agreeing with what God is saying. He says, bless and don't curse. Amen? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all. Everybody say all. His benefits. Let's read that together, this second verse. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. And so here He's saying and making it clear to us that He doesn't want us to forget some things. He wants us to remember His benefits. And not just one or two of them, or not just, you know, separate out a few that we choose, but anytime we see benefits and blessings in the Bible to where we latch hold of that and we hold on to it. I tell you, God wants you to be tenacious when it comes to your faith and for what you see in the Word of God that He says you can have. He wants you to be just like an old bulldog and just get on it and refuse to let it go. You know, we tell you about our little beagle our little baby beagle. And you know, we play a game and, and we don't uh, obviously have a real bird, but I'll go and get a washcloth or a hand towel or something and, and I'll tell her I'm going to get the bird. And she knows what that means because she knows I'm going to play with her, you know. And so I get that cloth down there and I, you know, and I'll just try to keep it just right out of her reach. And then, of course, I have to let her get it. And then when she latches onto that thing, I am telling you, her teeth are in it and they're not coming out. And I, no matter how much I pull, she's going to pull too. That's the way we need to be with the Word of God. We need to be tenacious and we need to latch on to it. And when the devil says you can't have it, it's not going to be in your life. And when other people are telling you that and your own mind is telling you that, you just keep your spiritual teeth in there. 
and don't release and don't let go, but you hold on and God will pull you up out of where you are. But you got to trust Him. you got to believe in Him. You've got to believe that what He said that He is able to do and to fulfill. He's not just like any other person. You know, I like to be a person of my word, and I'm sure you like to be a person of your word. But there are times maybe when we fail in that way. But I thank God that the Heavenly Father cannot fail. And He will not fail us. And so what he's told us about these benefits or these extras that we're going to talk about tonight, when you get saved, you get the extras. Amen? Now, I'm just going to go over, you know, what these extras can be. An extra or a benefit is an asset, something that's given to you that's worthwhile. It's valuable. It gives us an advantage. God wants to give you an advantage. He doesn't want you to be like everybody else. The Bible says that Daniel was more excellent than his fellows. What does that mean? Does it mean that one human being is better than another? No, it does not mean that because before God, he loves us all. But I'm going to tell you there's something that makes people stand out and come out of the pack. And you know what it is? It's believing God. God wants to give you an advantage. He wants you to read this book. He wants me to read this book. And what I see, I receive it by faith. I may not see it. I may not feel like it, but it is mine. God gives me advantage, an advantage just like he did Daniel. Daniel stood out from everyone else. God wants you to stand out tonight. He doesn't want you to blend in with the crowd. And I'm going to tell you, you are a peculiar person when you trust and believe God. You're peculiar. You do stand out. And see, that's what God wants. And you remember, Daniel, he wouldn't bow his knee. He wouldn't bow his knee to that idol. You remember the story? And, you know, every day he'd get down on his knees at morning, noon, and night and pray. And somebody came and, you know, told the king, you know, he's bowing down to to his God, but he won't bow down to you. And you know what? Daniel had an advantage. Don't you bow your knees to others. Don't you bow your knees to other gods. You say, well, I would never do that. Well, sometimes we do. Unknowingly, we're bowing our knees to the idols of this world, the things that come in and and overtake, you know. Well, you know, you can can have, uh, now I might start meddling right here a little bit. Are you ready? You may have an idol you know, that is your hobby. Is God against hobbies? No, I think, I think it's good for everyone to have them because, it, you know, it gives you a way to maybe express yourself, use, you know, something that God's given you, whatever. I think that's fine. But, you know, some people take it to extremes. That, you know, God, you just give me that boat and I will praise you for that. Yeah, you did for about two weeks. And then now every Sunday, where are you? Out on the lake? We don't even see you anymore. God, you just give me that $10,000 that I need, and I'm telling you, God, I'm going to praise you. Yeah, we might praise him one time. Then the next thing you know, did you tithe on it? Well, I can't really do that. God gave that to me for this. Well, you better you better take a tenth part of everything God gives you, and you better give it back to him. And that's the truth. If you want to keep God in the middle. But you see what I'm saying? We can... 
we can we can bow our knees to things that that are not the kind of idols maybe uh, you know that uh, Daniel was bowing to or others that we read in the Bible. But there can be idols in our life, and we need to stay open to the Holy Spirit to speak to us about things in our life that we idolize. Okay, so uh, an extra or a benefit then can be the advantage, or it can be favor. God wants to favor you. The Bible says he encompasses you round about as with a shield. In other words, you know, I just see it this way. When I walk down the street, I've got this aura about me that is just all around. Now, it's not just in the front, but I mean, when I walk off, people notice the favor. When I'm going forward or to the side, they notice the favor. You say, well, you've got to be kidding. No, and you need to believe that too. <laughs> That's not just a Nora thing. That should be for you. Because that is one of the benefits that God gives you when you become his child. And then also it means gain. You know, just like benefits that you have on a job. That's gain, isn't it? It's just, uh, just gain. It can be prosperity profit, or again, it means extras. You come to the Lord and there's all this extra that God gives you in your life. Amen. And so um, I'm going to keep reading here it says in verse number three, for who forgives all thine iniquities and who heals all thy diseases, who redeems thy life from destruction, who crowns thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. And so we can see here through this scripture, when you come to the Lord and you get born again, you have forgiveness and you have cleansing. That's available to you. Now, I look at that. Of course, when you come to the Lord and you get saved, yes, all your sins at that point in time, you know, you don't even know all the sins. I don't even know all the sins that I had committed up until the time that I gave my life to the Lord. So, but the Bible says when we come to Him and we repent and confess Him as our Savior, then all those sins, every one of them are wiped away as far as the East is from the West, never to be remembered. Remembered, the blood has cleansed us. Amen. And then, though the uh, the forgiveness of sin beyond that point is found in First John one nine, and I won't take you back there because we did that, uh, you know, a few weeks back. Uh, but if we confess or admit our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us. That's a scripture for a born again child of God. So when you have salvation, you have you have forgiveness and cleansing from your sin. Now, I don't know about you, but I like to be forgiven. And I like it so much that if somebody wrongs me, I will forgive them. And you know why? Because the Bible says, if I don't forgive them, neither will he forgive me. And so people get in trouble right there. We receive his forgiveness. But again, you can block that forgiveness if you will, you know, if you hold grudges and won't let people and the sins that they, and trespasses maybe, that they uh, commit against you and you refuse to let it go, then you have a problem. But God says one of your benefits is forgiveness from sin, from all your sin, not just one or two, but all your sin and cleansing from those things. And there are just times, even after we come to the Lord, where we just need to be cleansed. 
And there's nothing like that. You know, sometimes godly sorrow, the Bible says, works repentance. And when we come to the Lord and, and you know, maybe we, we do sin after, you know, coming to him, there's something so wonderful about the cleansing power of the blood that's made available. You see, I, I look at people that, that have so many problems in our society today, and many times they are dysfunctional. Do you know what I'm talking about? They are dis dysfunctional in their relationships. You know, they'll come back from, you know, a war and they can't you know, they can't function anymore or, you know, they're hurt uh, as a child and they can't function anymore. I want to tell you, there is a crimson flow that comes from Calvary's cross, that Jesus shed his blood, that even after you get born again, he can cleanse you spirit, soul and body. Sometimes your emotions, your soul has to be cleansed from all the hurts and the wounds and everything that happens in your life. And you do not have to go to your grave living that way. And you know, you see people and you see them so wounded and so hurt through life and they go to their grave with all that baggage detached. And the thing I hate about that is Jesus wants to cleanse them and set them free from that. It's a benefit that God has given you and we need to appropriate it and we need to receive that from the Lord. You don't have to live your life that way. I like to look at it like this. Sometimes it's like, you know, when I cook and I'm peeling an onion, you know, and just take each layer and peel it away. Sometimes that's the way the Holy Spirit might deal with our lives. Do you know what? And all those hurts and wounds, you know, he may take it layer by layer if we will trust him. Him, and we will believe him to do that for us until one day we'll, we can look back and all the wounds and all the hurts and we can say we are free and that thing does not have us bound anymore. It doesn't have us bound anymore. Now, some people, they get an instantaneous deliverance from those kinds of things. But then some people, it's like I said, it's layer by layer. The Holy Spirit begins to work and begins to help them. I always think it's a tragedy, though, when people do not know it or they do not appropriate that and they live their entire life in the same situation year after year after year when they have extras that God has given them, when they have benefits that God has given them to set them free. Amen? Okay, then the second thing that we talked about was provision. God gives us provision. The, the Bible lets us know God by his names. Did you know that? Jehovah Jireh means the Lord will provide. Do you have a need here tonight? I want to tell you that one of your extras and one of your benefits is Jehovah Jireh will provide. That is, that is for you right now today. Not just, you know, 2,000 years ago or 1,000 years ago or whatever. It's right now. God wants to give you provision. Now, I'm not going to go back and, you know, through that. If you, if you want to hear about it, you can, you know, you can go get a CD on that. But I will say this. I will say I heard this story one time that really, that it, it just tells so much when it comes about provision 
and how people do not partake of what God has given. I, I remember hearing this years ago, and, and there was a man who was coming over from a foreign country and years and years ago. And he was coming over from a foreign country on a ship to the U.S. And can you imagine, you know, how exciting that would be to know that you're going to America? I mean, everybody looks at America. You know, it's a great place. It is, in spite of all of our problems and, you know, all of that. But so here, here's this man, and he gets on a boat, and he's headed to the United States, looking forward to it. And, you know, he gets on that boat, and... Um, he packs himself uh, some cheese and crackers. And I mean, he's every day, he's eating very sparingly, just very sparingly the cheese and the crackers, you know. And, and so one day he's out on the deck and one of the stewards comes by and he says, are you not going to join us for dinner? Oh, he said, oh no, I just had enough for um, the ticket to get on the boat to, to go to America. I don't have enough money for the food. And you know what the steward says? The steward said, sir, the meals are included with the trip. And see, he was eating cheese and dry crackers all that time when he had been provided wonderful meals. Now, I'm telling you, that depicts the way it is in the body of Christ many times. And I say that because I know I minister to a lot of people. A lot of people come through this church and just many people are, they're feeding spiritually on dry crackers and stale cheese when God says, get over here and get at the table and feast and have something to eat. I provided it. And see, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. He's provided it. It's an extra. He is Jehovah Jireh. Amen? All right, I guess I could just keep going right there. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the third extra or benefit. Um, and I haven't really talked about this one. And it is healing, the benefit of healing. The Bible says here in Psalms 103 that he heals all of your diseases. Okay, now he says he heals all of our diseases, but, you know, but I'm sick. Or, but this one is sick and, and that one is sick. See, this is where we get messed up right here. When we begin to look at everybody else in situations and even, you know, something that's not happening for us for whatever reason. But he said, don't forget your extra and don't forget your benefit of healing. Healing, the Bible says, is the children's bread. Now, I believe in doctors. I believe in medication. And if you need it, go for it. That's not a problem with me. But I'm going to tell you, if you're looking to the medication and you're looking to the doctors and you don't consider Jesus and you don't factor in your benefit of healing, you are missing a huge part of what God wants to do for you. You really are. You, you, there's only so much a doctor 
and medication can do for people. I, I mean, and they'll tell you, I've done all I know to do. And then sometimes they can't even find out what's wrong with the person. Now, God gives them knowledge and the ability to be able to help and bring healing. And so I'm thankful for that. And, and you know, we have doctors in our church, and I'm very thankful for that. I'm very thankful for that. Help people any way that you can. But I'm telling you, when that is the only place that you can put your faith and you cannot put your faith in God's word and receive this extra or this benefit, I think that that is not pleasing to God. I don't think it's pleasing to the Lord. You know, uh, and so many times we try everything else and then you mean it's come down to this? We have to believe the word? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's come down to this, and we better believe the word. That's where we need to start. You know, I think, you know, this is God will answer your prayer, and He will bring provision or He will bring what you need to you. And sometimes it's not wrapped up in one package. Do you understand what I'm saying? You know, I've noticed this sometimes when I, I was praying about something um, and, and I received it. And God said, now I want you to notice this. I want you to notice how I answered this for you because I brought part of it from here and I brought part of it from here and I brought part of There were like four different elements that were in it. And he wanted to bring my attention to that. And see, sometimes in answers when they come in whatever area, healing or anything else, sometimes it may not be just in one package. And we might just say, well, I don't want that because it's not the full package. But God said, you receive that by faith and I'll give you the other things. And they'll come. And so, you know, sometimes... You, you have to be open. You just have to be open to it. Amen? So we're going to talk here for a few minutes tonight about our benefit of healing. And we notice here that he heals all of our diseases. I'm going to tell you, when you start separating out, well, I believe he can heal this, but now this is too serious. I don't believe he can heal that. Well, I knew somebody and, and they didn't get healed here. Uh, and I knew somebody else and they did get healed. And so God, then he just chooses some and doesn't choose others. I don't have the, all the answers for that. And I'll just be uh, very honest with you to tell you that. But as for me, I believe this. You say, well, but what about this that happened? Or what about that that happened? I don't know about that. I don't know about that, but I know about this. And see, that's where we have to come down. And that's where we have to be. Amen. Uh, just the other day, Eddie and I were watching um, a DVD um, of A.A. Um, a. Allen. Have you ever heard of A.A. Allen? And in the 50s and I guess early 60s uh, and, and probably before the 50s, I guess, with that healing revival that started, I think, in like 1948 or, or something like that. A.A. Allen had some tremendous miracle healings in his ministry. And we were watching that, and, and on there he had, um, he was praying for some people in, in a tent meeting, and, um, and there was a man, uh, he looked like he was 50-ish or something like that, and he came up and he told uh, Brother Allen, he said, um, I've had, I've had uh, ribs removed, and, you know, I have problems and then I have other health issues and all that. Well, how many of you know, if you have ribs removed, 
uh, and you get ribs back, you know that God did it. There, standing there. And we were watching it. And, and you know, Brother Allen starts praying for him, you know, and he can feel on the side of the man, and, and it just caves in, you know, because no ribs there. And that can be a problem. <laughs> can lead to a lot of issues. And so, you know, he wants his ribs back. Now, what about that? Do you believe that God can do that? Well, I tell you what, the healing power was there. He heals all your diseases. And if you need a creative miracle, he's even able to do that. And so he lays hands on him and he begins to pray for him. You know, and, and in a few minutes, you know, A.A. A. Allen is... Wow. And he begins to feel. And where there's been no ribs, there's been a creative miracle, healing, and there are ribs that form from the man who had them removed. And so healing is something that God wants to manifest in the life of his people. And you know, so many people today, if you have a healing line, there's just so many people that need healing of one kind or the other. And so we need to, to just remind ourselves of this, these extras that came with the package of salvation when we came to the Lord and not just forget, oh, I know about healing. I've known about that for a lot of years. Well, I have a really special question tonight. Are you accepting? Do you live in a place where you allow God to bring healing into your life. Now, see, we can be full gospel people, but, but we can lose the truths of what we call the full gospel, and healing would be a part of that. I'm going to tell you, when Jesus was upon the earth, he went about healing people. If you read the Bible, he would cast out devils, and he would heal people. Well, I believe you can cast out devils today. Well, that's too radical for me. Well, you just count me among the radical because if somebody is demonized, they can be free. Jesus said that he gives us authority over demons. And where you find him, you cast him out. You don't go looking for a devil and you don't bring out your bags so that everybody, you know, you can have a, a healing deliverance service and, you know, we can... Let everybody, you know, up chuck in the bag or something. You know, I'm not talking about ridiculous stuff like that. But I'm telling you, see, he didn't say go looking for the devil. He said when you're going through life and you find the devil, you cast him out. You don't play around with the devil. And I'm going to tell you something else. If you ignore him and act like he's not there, don't you think that's going to make him go away? Well, if I don't, if I don't, if I don't, Admit that, that he's doing this to me, then maybe he'll go away. Don't kid yourself. You'll just get entrenched in your life if you allow it. But Jesus cast out the devil. People have devils that torment them. They can't function right. And they need to be delivered from demon powers. And Jesus did that. But then he'd go and he would heal people. And people would seek him out. And he would bring healing. 
And I'm telling you, if we'd have that same expectation, he's not here in, in flesh today upon this earth that we can run like the blind man to him, you know, there by the road. Uh, Jesus, have mercy on me. You can heal me if you will. And he said, I will. We can't do that today in the flesh, but I tell you, we can come to Jesus in that same way. We can say, Jesus, you are my healer. You provided healing, this benefit of healing. And so I accept it and I receive it. We can come to Jesus in that same way with that same childlike faith in our hearts and receive from him. And I think it pleases God, don't you? All right, 1 Peter 2, 24. You can write this down. By whose stripes ye were healed. Oh, I know that. I've heard that a million times. I know you have. So have I. Probably not a million, but a lot. But have you forgotten your benefit? That's all I have to ask. Have you forgotten your benefit? By whose stripes ye were healed. He didn't say you are. He said you were in other words, really what that's talking about, and I'm not going to turn over there now for time's sake, but if you look over in the book of Isaiah 53 and you see over there Jesus paying the price for our sin, the penalty of our sin, and, and it talks about uh, he was bruised for our iniquities, um, he took our sorrows, he carried our pain, and that really does have to do with sickness and disease and, it, it, and pain. It has all of that to do with all of that and distress even though too. He took our distress. That's a good word, isn't it? But Jesus did that and he took stripes upon his back on the way to Calvary before they nailed him to that cross. And that's when it says, by his stripes we were healed. It's a past done deal. It's past. It was provided for in the past. Now, what we have to do is accept it and receive it. Well, I've never heard that before. Well, I can tell you, I never heard it before either. You know, the years ago, you know, nobody told me that. I didn't know that. And so, but God says, that's your extra. That's what gives you the advantage. That's what makes you prosperous is because you have something that's available to you that I've given to you. It's a benefit, amen? It's the extras, amen? Now, I want to tell you, God say, sees things that are not. He really sees things that are not as though they are. 2 Corinthians 4, 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, or before us, but at the things which are not seen in the invisible realm. For the things which are seen are temporal, subject to change, but the things which are not seen are eternal. We've got to go into another realm to receive. And if all you can see is your circumstances and what is before you, you will never be able to receive from the Lord. You've got to see the eternal things. You've got to see the invisible things because the things, the circumstances and the things that are before you are all contrary. They're all natural and they're contrary to what God says. And if that's the only place that your spiritual vision will let you stay, 
and will let you see, then you're going to be lacking and you're not going to be partaking of the benefits that God gives. And what do I mean that God, you know, he, he sees things, he sees things a little differently than we do. Think about Gideon. If you think about Gideon, Gideon, he was hiding out, you know, by the wine press, threshing wheat. Isn't that what the Bible says? He was hiding from his enemies. He, he was, you know, not looking like this great stalwart of the faith, defending the faith at all. But God came to him and God said, Gideon, you mighty man of valor. See, he saw into a realm that was not the natural realm, that was not what was going on, but he saw something about Gideon that was different. But Gideon didn't even see it in himself, but God did. I want to tell you, you may feel like a failure, you may look outwardly like a failure, but God sees a big success in you. There's a seed of success that's on the inside of you, every one of us. And, you know, you can live your entire life and go to your grave and never discover what that is. But I'm not going to do that. And many of you are not going to do it either because you make a decision. Amen. You make a decision. And Gideon had to come to the place to where, you know, at first when God began to talk to him, you know, talk to Gideon. Oh, my Lord, do you not know who I am? You know, I'm the least. You know, but see, that doesn't move God at all. He can make you great even when you're the least. He really can. Amen. So he he sees beyond. I, I, I tell you what, you know what I'm going to do right here? Let's just turn over to Romans. Let me find this. It reminds me of something else. In Romans chapter number four and verse number 17. And see, you know, when the Bible says that you're forgiven, that you're cleansed, that you are provided for, that you have healing by his stripes that you were healed, it may not look that way. Read verse number 17 here. Let's start. And it says, As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickens the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. See, there are times that we have to call some things that don't appear to be a certain way as though they are. And really what he's talking about here quickens the dead. That's talking about Abraham. He was an old man and unable to father children in the natural. But he said he'll quicken the dead. Abraham wanted a son. God was going to give him a son. But it didn't look like he was going to have a son. So see, you can put your, uh, yourself the same way in there. You say, I don't want children. I'm not talking about children. <laughs> But some of you, you do. Now listen to this. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. You know, there's some things that have been spoken. There's some things that have been spoken and said 
And he said, I will heal all of your diseases. That's been spoken and that's been said. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. And he staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. I, I just believe as you, how graphic is that scripture here? He didn't consider his own body. When God said that, he didn't, he didn't say, well, you know, I guess, let me think here. Let me, let me reason. Uh, let me calculate some things. No, and I'm telling you, if you live in that realm that God wants you to use your brain and you have to reason. But, but see, when, when it is opposing what the Bible says, reasoning is not what you need to do. Accepting the scripture is what you need to do. But, but it's so graphic because he said, he staggered not. Now you think about a drunk man. That's, when I think about stagger, that's what I think about. You know, someone that's had too much to drink and they're just staggering around. And see, when, when you get where you're in unbelief, that's exactly what happens in your life. You're just, you're just staggering around. You're not resolute. You're not firm. You're not tenacious as we were talking about. But see, when you get in unbelief, it starts the wavering process. And James says, don't be tossed about. Don't be, you know, like the wind and the waves driven. Don't be that way. Don't be double-minded. So Abraham did not stagger. He did not waver at the promises of God. And tonight, I encourage you, do not stagger or waver in the promises of God that are given to you. And when it comes to healing, I'm believing tonight that some people are going to accept and receive their healing. I'm believing tonight that there's going to be some miracles happen in this room as faith is alive. And just like Abraham, he believed what was spoken and he refused to be denied. Amen? And so there's some things, he said, call those things that be not as though they were. And so when your body is crying out and it's telling you everything in the world that, you know, but healing and health, you lay hold of what God says. By his stripes, you were healed. Amen. In Acts 10, 38, let's just turn there. Why don't we do that? Acts 10, 38. I love this scripture. Um. Here it says this, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, that's dunamis, miracle working power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Now, I'm going to tell you, when you think about your benefit, uh, you know, where God heals all your diseases, you need, you need to think about this right here. Who was the one that was oppressing the people with sickness and disease and everything? Who was the one whom the devil had oppressed? What did Jesus do? Jesus delivered and healed those people, didn't he? Well, now I'm going to tell you. Healing 101. You've got to know 
who brings the sickness and the disease. Do you think that if we were back in the garden of uh, Eve, you know, do you think that we, you know, if we were there, that there would be sickness or does it? No. Before sin came in, it was a perfect place, wasn't it? And sin came in through who? The devil. And so ever since that time, the devil has been oppressing people however he can. If he can give them cancer, if he can give them heart trouble, you know, if he can give any kind of sickness or disease, that's what he does. And here we see God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power or miracle working power who went about doing good. See, Jesus does good things. And see, that's, that's the healing 101. You got to know that Jesus does good. Well, you know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe Jesus, you know, maybe he'll put something on you to teach you something. See, this is where you have to get that straight in your mind. Do we license things ourselves? Yeah, we do. Uh, the devil attacks. Yes, he does. There's all kinds of ways, you know, that, that things can filter into our life. But when it boils down to it, we've got to see that Jesus healed all of those who came to him. He didn't say, okay, uh, now you've been gossiping, so you don't get healed. And, um, you know, if they were gossipers, when they came to Jesus, they got under conviction and they repented and Jesus could heal them. If you, if you got things in your life, good Lord, why are you walking around with sin? Get it taken care of. Get it dealt with. Don't let it block things out of your life. I heard something the other day that, you know, that somebody, you know, was just holding a grudge and they refused to let it go. Well, you know, there's going to come a day where you have to let it go because if you don't, it's going to bring something into your life that you don't like. It's a license. It's a license. And that's why you need to live holy, right? You need to live holy. See, we live in a time, though, I'm telling you, folks. We live in a time where people are trying to, you know, they're trying to mix a little bit of Christianity and they're trying to mix a little bit of new age. And then they're trying to bring a little bit of world in there. And let's just stir it up and see what comes out. A mess. I can tell you what's going to come out. You don't mix other things with your Christianity. We're not perfect, but we need to strive to be perfect. We do. We, we need to strive to live a holy and separated life. You know, I just look at our society, and I don't want to go too far down this this way, but 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 you know, I just look at our society, and they're trying to push so many things on us as Christians. You know, you need you're a bigot because you think this, and you, you know, you're unloving because you think that. No, I tell you what, we are. If we think like the Bible, we're thinking like God thinks, and and there are times where we have to stand up in the middle of that. You know, I, I've, I've said this before, and you can think I'm a fanatic if you want, but I think Hollywood has had an agenda for many years, and it's to change the mindset of people to accept evil, perverted, 
ungodly things. We see it so much. Oh, well, that again. But we need to be grieved just like God is grieved. It doesn't mean that we hate people. We don't hate people. We love people, but we are to hate the sin and perversion and wickedness and evil of this world. We're not to embrace that and allow it to be in our heart and our minds. I tell you, too many of the problems that we have today is because we're looking at wrong things and we're listening to wrong things. And then we wonder, you know, when we get five seconds in the Bible, oh yeah, this is my verse for today. And then we're glued to the TV or to video games or whatever that are depicting things that, that, that are violating us. Well, now you're just getting too close. Yeah, you're right. But you know what? That's where we live. And I'm of this world. Or I'm in this world, but I'm not of this world. And I'm not going to think like the world thinks. And you know, you say, well, you're just preaching. No, I'm telling you, I believe what I'm saying. I believe it. I believe it. Noah was a preacher of righteousness. We've got to preach righteousness and we've got to preach holiness in the day that we live in. And we can't blend everything together and pour it out and expect to have a victorious Christian life because it's not going to work. It's not going to work. I don't know how I got there, but I'm glad I did. Amen. And so Jesus healed all. So Jesus did good and he healed all. And the devil was the one who oppressed. And when Jesus came on the scene, people got healed. They received their healing. And and in the Old Testament, God is given to us, expressed to us as Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord God that heals. You want to know the characteristic of God? I heal. And then all the time, and I've heard this, you know, God made me sick to teach me a lesson. I am the Lord God who heals you. He didn't say he was the Lord God who made us sick to teach us a lesson. And if we'll just think about that, it's not logical. If we think about a good parent, a father or a mother, we're going to correct our children, yes. But do you correct them by hurting and wounding and abusing them? And neither does your heavenly father. He'll correct you. You are clean. You are corrected. You are purged. How? Through the word, John 15. That's how you're corrected. And he'll deal with your heart and you'll get so convicted and you'll feel so bad and you'll do something about it. But he does not put things on you as an abusive, unloving parent that we hear about in our society today. That's not our God. He is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God who heals you. And see, we've got to get it straight. And we've got to remember it. Amen. Now, Proverbs 18, 20 through 21, I'm not going to turn you there, um, but it talks over there and it says, life and death is in the power of your tongue. 
Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and you're going to live by the fruit of what you speak. That's my paraphrase over there, and you can write that down and you can look at it. And so he said, death is in the power of your tongue. Now, I want you to look at that word, power. Where is the power? The power is in the tongue. No, the power is somewhere else. The power is in this or the power is in that. Death is in the power of your tongue, the force of your tongue, the authority, the ability of your tongue. That's where death is. Now, I'm, you know, I, I was sharing because I, I wrote a, an article uh, just recently, and I was sharing a story about someone very close to me um, that, that would speak death over themselves. And it troubled me when they would do it. I'll not live to be 48 years old. I'll not, no, I'll not live to be 50 years old. That was what was spoken. And I can remember that would trouble me. I was just young. But that would trouble me every time that I heard that. It's like, don't say that. And I even said it, don't say that, you know. And you know what? That person, they didn't just say it once. They said it a number of times. But evidently, I would, now I would think where I am today and knowing what I know, I would say the devil was speaking that. You're going to die. You're not going to make it to be 50 years old. And you know what? I believe that person bought into it, not understanding and just thinking that's my destiny. That's the way it's going to be. But see, death is in the force or the power of your tongue. And it was for that person. At 48 years old, they left this earth. Now, did they go to heaven? Yes, but they left way too early. And so we have to understand when it comes to our healing that we've got to cooperate with the benefit, with the extra that God gives us of healing and not give our mouth to death. But now see, Death may not just be physical death. It may be sickness and disease. Isn't that a form of death? That's the, that's the form that death begins in, sickness and disease that carries you to death, isn't it? In many cases, you know, I just want to, just when it's time to go, just sit down in my lazy boy and just go, you know. But I don't want to go early. I want to live my life and I want to fulfill my destiny. And I have a destiny in God and so do you. And so don't be cheated out of it. And don't be speaking death over yourself. Death is in the power of your tongue. Well, okay, if he just stopped there, you know, but he didn't. He said death is in the power of your tongue and life is in the power of your tongue. Life. If you, if, if you think about life, don't you think about health and wholeness and soundness? You know, no physical infirmities, no mental, emotional infirmities. Isn't that what you think about? And so life is in what you're speaking. And if you think about this, James talks about it. And, and every time I think about this, about the ship that's out on the waters, you know, in the sea, and he says the ship has this little bitty rudder. And people that, would, you know, if I got on a ship and I saw a rudder, I would think no big deal because I don't even know what a rudder is without the scripture telling me. 
but, but you know, when you see that little bitty rudder and this large ship, and you see how that the rudder turns that ship. Now, do you think it turns it in smooth waters? Yes, it would turn it in smooth waters. Do you think in treacherous water that that rudder would, would turn? Yes, it would turn. The rudder would turn it. So when you get in treacherous waters or you're in smooth waters, it doesn't matter. And I'm talking about the waters of life. You, just like that rudder turns that ship, you can turn your life and your circumstances around. You can turn it but it's up to you. I can't do it for you. I can help you. I can assist you. And so can your brothers and sisters in the Lord. But the one that ultimately that it's going to come down to is you. It's you. So life is in the power of your tongue. It's in the words that you say. Some of you have heard it so much that when I'm talking about it tonight, you just glaze over. Well, I tell you what, I'm putting eye drops in and you're going to get it. <laughs> We're going to clear that. <laughs> We're going to put the eye salve in <laughs> that Revelation talks about. Amen? All right, this is my last clo closing scripture. Psalms 39.1 in the Amplified. I love what it says. I said, I said, here we go. I said. Why should I do that? What does your mothers tell you? Because I said, and that's what I said to my kids. Why, why do I have to do that, Mom? Because I said, okay, you need to say some things. I said, I, I will take heed and guard my ways. You need to guard your ways. You need to pay attention to what you're doing. That I may sin not with my tongue. Well, I just thought, you know, if I steal something, well, yeah, that's sin. But you can sin with your tongue because you begin to speak things that are contrary to what God has spoken and said about you. I will muzzle my mouth as with a bridle while the wicked are before me. I'm going to tell you, is that, that means, you know, just when somebody's tempting you, it could mean that. But I'm telling you, the devil gets before you. The devil is in front of you. He'll be behind you. He'll be whispering in your ear. And he said, put a muzzle over your mouth to control what you're speaking. Now, you know what a muzzle is. That's something that, you know, leather device to be put over the mouth. Uh, you know, you think about it like with an animal to where maybe they couldn't bite, you know, that kind of thing. And God says, if you have to muzzle yourself, but you know what I'd say today? You know, you know what I'd say? Put a sock in it. <laughs> it's the truth. And some people, they just start, and I mean, it's like a river with their mouth. I mean, it just be pouring out, pouring out. If you're in an emotional situation and things are heated, put a muzzle over your mouth and don't talk for a little while till you gain control because the evil one is before you and you're licensed, you can license him in your life and you don't want to do that. You know, in the Bible, we read about it. There were, there were times that, 
that people just spoke things and they really didn't mean it, but oh man, they had lasting consequences. I don't want that. You know, I don't want that. And, and, and we're all going to say things. We're all going to do it. We all have done it. But I think what tonight that this brings, uh, you know, just a more, um, you know, forceful way of, of, of bringing it to our attention that the words that we say as it relates to your benefit of healing is important. That is very, very important. And cooperate with God and give him something to work with in your life and he will manifest his word because God said Jesus went about doing good and healing all that the devil had oppressed and made sick. Amen. And the Bible says by his stripes, we were healed. It's a done deal. He wants health in your body. He wants healing to be manifested. He wants you to be sound in your body and in your mind. Not to be emotionally troubled and in a basket case. He doesn't want you to be that way. And he doesn't want your body racked with sickness and disease. And I don't think that there's any sickness that is too great for God. Because at Calvary, when they hung him upon that cross and before he went there, he took those stripes. It was for every sickness and every disease. Not, you know, not paying for one and then th this one was left out. See, in this benefit package, the extras that God gives you with salvation is powerful. And it's for today. It didn't pass away. It is for today. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.